0: She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today?
1: Well Lloyd, today our show is a little bit R-rated. No, I'm only kidding. It's about from fighting to foreplay. So we're gonna talk with this wonderful guest who we've had before. She has just, She's just really wonderful. We've had Karen Sherman on. She's coming to us from New York. And let me tell you, if you didn't hear her before, you're going to get a big kick out of her. And let me tell you a little bit about her background. Dr. Karen Sherman is a licensed psychologist in New York, and she's had a private practice for 25 years with specialties in relationships, assisting people achieving their greatest potential and stress management. That's something that we all experience, isn't it? Her first book, Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last, helps long-term couples revitalize their relationships. And we've also talked about her second book, Mindfulness Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. That's another book focusing on enabling people to let go of their wired-in automatic responses, which all of us have. We have that, that knee-jerk reaction from the past, so that it allows us to live our lives of our choosing and her newest offering is this wonderful new video audio called from fight to foreplay and you can find that at www.fromfighttoforeplay.com and this assists couples in managing conflicts and grading gaining much greater intimacy additionally Karen has been a contributor to a number of books including Complete Marriage Counselor, 101 Ways to Improve Your Life, Volume 2, Power of Persistence, Recovering the Self, Volume 2 and 3, and I Am Bound and Determined. Karen also offers workshops and teleseminars on these great topics, and she hosts her own radio show called Your Empowered Relationship on Sextaught Network and she's a frequent guest on international radio. Her expert opinion has appeared in many numer- and numerous print publications, and she writes for yourtango.com and podcast for hitchedmag.com, and she's been a featured writer on Yahoo Personals, and she serves on the faculty of an undergraduate department in psychology at a local university. In new York, and she is just really wonderful, and we're so thrilled to have her back again. She's just become a friend, and we love her. Thank you, Kieran, for joining us again.
0: Oh, and thank you for inviting me back. It's such a pleasure to be with you, Himari.
1: Well, let's talk about this this new uh, fight to fighttoforeplay.com. Mm-hmm. I know <laughs> you have some, some free um uh, downloads too why don't you tell us about that because people always love things for free and as a non-profit yeah, radio yeah. we'd love to give away free things
0: well you know that whole, the whole program as you said is an audio uh download program but it starts off with a free cd about fight to win because i believe that a lot of people have some uh, myths about fighting they they Start off with the whole idea that it's not okay to fight, and that's wrong. So I created this CD that tells you about five great tips about fighting, and that's for free. And um, they get it when they go to the site that you mentioned, from Fight to Foreplay, and that starts them off. And then after that, they get a couple more freebies because I feel it is so important, and I know you agree with me, that couples know that it's perfectly normal to fight, but you've got to do it the right way. Because if you don't, that's what's going to really, really mess up your relationship. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of people, most people don't know how to manage their conflicts. Yes.
1: And, you know, I, I get people at the end of a relationship, they come to me for a disillusion of marriage or a disillusion of, of a same sex relationship and they they some of people will come and say, you know, we never fought. Mm. And you know, and they're they are actually pretty kind to each other, but they say they're never fought. So what yeah. what what is going on there underneath? I mean I can tell that there's a lot going on underneath that they never dealt with.
0: Yeah, you know, when people come in and say that to me, I generally think of it as a red flag, um, that they don't feel safe enough with each other to really express their feelings. And, you know, it's so interesting that you brought this up because just last night I was working with a couple and um, they hadn't been in in a while, and he said to me, I really don't feel that the therapy is, is really going in the right direction. And I have to tell you, I was really so surprised because... I don't generally hear that from the people I work with. And we revisited what they came in with, which was basically that they were fighting so much that it would go on and on and on and on, and they didn't know how to really work on their conflicts. And basically what he said was that in his individual therapy, he admitted that the marriage wasn't giving him what he needed. And yet when he was in my office, He was so calm and nice and talking about how he loved her so much. But boy, last night, did he let it loose. Mm. And I thanked him. And I said, thank you for finally being honest about your feelings. Because, you know, unless somebody really acknowledges what they're feeling, then how can you work on the issue that's really at hand?
1: Right. When you cover up or you put things under the rug, the rug just gets bumpier and then, there, there's no resolution whatsoever. And, right. you know, he was probably even in conflict with himself. You know yes. what I'm saying? He, Sometimes people don't even recognize. They think they're happy or they think they should be happy. And it's all these shoulds that they experience. Don't you experience that, too?
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and or that there, there's that. And in addition, I don't want to upset you. Um, I'd rather hold back. But that never works because it's going to leak in some other fashion, you know, either by withdrawing or by saying something underhanded or by shutting down. So it really is much better to express what you're feeling. But then, of course, the trick is to do it in a way that you're not hurting the other person. And, And that's you know, that's the whole thing, but a lot of people hold, hold, I was working with a couple this morning that I saw for the first time, and she says that she gets upset, in this case, it, it's with her in-laws, she gets upset, and she holds it and she holds it and she holds it in, and then she explodes. Well, that's right. not good either. Right,
1: right, right. <laughs> because if you hold it in, what I see is people are afraid to say something because they're afraid that's going to escalate into something that's, that's really out of control. Mm-hmm. Right and and not necessarily physical, but just like yelling and screaming, and they're they're afraid that if they bring up an issue, that it the other person is going to attack them or kick them, basically, in, you know, in the guts while they are saying it. They're they're afraid to do it. So, what do you tell people when they say I'm I'm afraid to say how I'm feeling because I don't want it to escalate into a, a big fight?
0: What you just said, yeah. <laughs> I I say that you say, I have something I'd like to discuss with you, but I'm afraid to say it because I'm afraid it's going to escalate. Because generally when you tell that to your partner, it sort of, you know, puts them in a place where they say, no, 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 I really want to hear, you know, and it it sort of changes the playing field because you've now really admitted a vulnerability. I'm afraid, you Hmm. know, Um, and so most people... Um, and and we have research that proves this. Most people, when they are posed with somebody else in a vulnerable spot, want to be helpful. So if you go to your mate and you say, "I'm afraid to discuss this because," blah, but you see the problem is that most of us don't want to be vulnerable. Right. We won't admit our feelings. We'd rather and, be right than happy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we want to protect ourselves. Right. You know. So we end up attacking or blaming the other person rather than really show our true feelings and, you know, um, be concerned that the person's going to come back at us. So we'll present it as, well, you did so-and-so or you didn't do so-and-so, and then, of course, the other person does the most natural thing in the world, which is to put up a protection, and then we're off and running.
1: Yeah. So what, you know, people say to me, you know, we have the same fights over and mm-hmm. over again. And mm-hmm. lots of times the fights, you know, in some of the couples that I've worked with, you know, at the end, there has been a fight about money or a fight about child rearing or a fight, you know, that that is the thing that keeps coming up. So let's talk about that. What? Why does this happen and what can they do about it?
0: Well, they're having the same fights over and over again because they're not fighting about what they're fighting about, mm. even if it's money. Money is always represent I mean money's paper, you yeah, know? Yeah. So money is only what does it represent? But, you know, if we go along with that concept again because as humans we are vulnerable. You know, the good thing about being human is we have emotions. And the bad thing about being human is we have emotions. Right. So right. we we don't want to expose ourselves and so we will hide and talk about other things that seem safer. And in doing that, we, we will end up um, talking about things that seem safe, but we're not really discussing what's bothering us. So we get caught up in these ridiculous arguments And they go on and on and on because we're not getting to what's really bothering us. So, again, I was with another couple earlier this week, and they kept going back and forth on this issue, which happened to have been about money. And um, he's not telling her about certain monies that he had, and he just assumed she would know, and she was feeling like, when you leave me out, I feel like I'm not a partner to you, and back and forth. And finally, he said, because they've had a very rocky marriage but I don't feel safe with you. Mm. I feel that at any moment you could kick me out. And so I don't feel I can really tell you what's going on. And I said, mm. finally, we're getting to what's really going on.
1: Yes. And, and so money represents a lot of things like control. If someone with, for example, in, your, in the case that you're talking about, it represented fear and, and yeah. trust. But yeah. it can also represent control one party wants to control the other party, and right. that could that could be partially because they don't trust the other party mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. It, it could be control and then or respect I mean all these underlying issues about if you respected me, you would tell me what's going on, you'd be my partner. Absolutely. So, yeah, you're absolutely right that that the money is the outward appearance of really the underlying interests and issues that people need to get to. And that's why it's really so helpful to have a third-party neutral, either a therapist or a mediator, someone, someone like you, Karen, who can really help them to peel back those layers of the onion to see what is really going on here.
0: Right. But you see... What you're pointing out, and, you know, people always say, oh, you know, sex, money, and kids are the thing we fight about most. However, it applies to so many other things, but those are the ones that are the ones that are the more typical. But this, I'll give you an example, and this is really a true story. I had a couple who came in here, and week after week, they discussed the fact that one liked the paper towel roll on the right side of the sink, and the other one liked it on the left side of the sink. Right. Okay? Now, there's the same argument that they kept having over and over again, but it's really the same money argument, isn't it? Yeah. Why aren't my needs important? Why aren't you hearing me? It's a matter of control. It's a matter of, you know, when I talk to you, you know, you're not really paying attention to why this matters to me. So it wasn't about the paper towel roll. It was about what did it represent to them
1: and if we get down to the the very core of all of this isn't this about respect and dignity and and giving each other the respect and dignity that each person wants to have i mean when that's how it is when i when i go deep with my clients it just all of these other issues are really like i don't feel respected if you don't put this, the toothbrush back. <laughs> you know? Or I well, don't feel respected if you don't tell me what's going on with the money. I don't feel loved. I don't feel respected. I don't feel
0: cared about. I don't feel you're teaming with me. It all goes back, isn't it? I'm going to go even one step further. I do think it's respect. I'm going to put it even at a more basic level. I don't feel like I matter. right. Right. It's the same thing. Yes. But sometimes when it hits at the core, you know, I will say to clients, okay, I'm from Mars, and I don't understand what you mean, or I'm six years old, yes. and I don't understand what you mean. Tell me if you're explaining to me as being six years old what that feels like to you. And for a lot of six-year-olds' respect, you know, I know what you mean, and I agree with you totally, but if you get down to the nitty-gritty – I don't feel like I matter. Right. And man, does that hurt. Right. And I don't You know feel why like, are you get involved in a relationship.
1: Right. Right. If I yeah. don't matter and you don't care, what are we yeah. what are we together for? Exactly. You know, people want to feel cared about. So right. what, when you're having these, you know, and, and I have a husband and I know, you know, we go through our issues of trying to translate between each other, you know. Well, let's mm-hmm. talk about the difference between males and females and
0: how we handle <laughs> conflict. <laughs> we could probably do a whole show just on that. We sure could. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And, and here's the good news and the bad news, and bad news both. There is actual biological proof that or I should say there's actual research that we are different biologically more than the obvious. Right, right. So, you know, the good news is that it's not that she's a nag and that he doesn't care. Right. The bad news is you're going to have certain differences that we're just going to have to accept. And again, it's not that he doesn't care, but the truth of the matter is that guys are just not going to remember details like girls are. Okay, Mm -hmm. we're talking stereotypically now. There is a much greater amount of blood flow to the brains of females. Hippocampus. Hippocampus is the part of the brain that is responsible for memory. Mm -hmm. So we're going to remember what happened on March 3rd three years ago and still hold you accountable for it, whereas you're not going to remember what happened three days ago. Mm. On the other hand... Next lifetime, I'm coming back as a guy. It's so much easier. <laughs> Guys can let things go. They can just let things go. You know, we're still holding on to a whole bunch of baggage that, you know, you know, still eats up our energy. Right. All right? When you say to a guy, and Mari, I, as a woman, I don't get this. I don't get this. But as a professional doing this for 25 years, I have to believe it. You can say to a guy, what are you thinking? And he says Nothing. Right. right. I don't get that because as a woman, I'm always thinking something. (laughs) But guys really can be thinking nothing. They can compartmentalize. You know, if you say to a guy, tell me what you're feeling, they're going to look at you like you've got three heads. Right, right. And it's not because they're withholding. It's really because they don't process as fast as we do. Or they might say,
1: I'll tell you what I'm feeling. I'm feeling angry (laughs) or I'm feeling frustrated. That they can tell you easily, right? They can say, I'm angry or I'm frustrated about this. Um, I think it's easier for them to express a negative emotion than I'm sad. I'm feeling hurt, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. 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 However, by and large, they do not process as quickly as women. It's just, it's just the difference. I mean, mm-hmm. I worked out a deal with my husband where he finally came to accept that I process even his energy faster than he does. So now I just say to him, honey, I think your energy is a little off. Would you sort of check in with yourself and get back to me? And a day later, he'll say, yeah, Kay, you were right. You know, I am, you know, I was feeling upset about something. Yes.
1: Yeah. And and it, the, the, one of the keys that I think you just pointed out that's so important is to give them that space to let them process yes. it. Yeah. Yes. I know I have to do that with my husband as well. So what about we have now in California, we have same sex marriages. So what about when we're dealing with. Uh, Same sex couples and I and I've had to deal with them and I it's it's an enjoyable process just as it is dealing with, you know, uh, heterosexual relationships, Uh, but they're a little bit different. So what about the difference if you're talking about you were talking about male and female and the Mm -hmm. biological differences? What about when you're dealing with same-sex marriage or same-sex relationships and the challenges that they're having?
0: They have quite a few of the same challenges, right? Yes, they do. They absolutely do. Um, and, you know, certainly for males, there's going to be greater sensitivity than the typical heterosexual male. Yes. Um, but they, they still have their conflicts and they still have their feelings of wanting to matter and everything. Um so, you know, that has to be dealt with in the same in the same fashion.
1: Yes. And, and how about uh, two females in a, in a relationship? Is are they going to be more open to discuss things then than, than in, in process more quickly than in a heterosexual relationship? Or does it take on that male female role as
0: well? My experience has been that it takes on the male female role. You're going to laugh. This is terrible. And I hope people know that I'm really not a judgmental person. I was working with um, a lesbian once, and she was really, really frustrated with her partner. And I, want, I wanted, uh, it, you have to understand, I'm a very real person, and I have a very good relationship with my clients, but we were working together for a long time, and she was very frustrated with her female partner, who really was very insensitive And at one point, I just looked at her and I said, sweetie, I said, you might as well just be with a male. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to continue to be with this woman because she really was basically like a heterosexual male um, in not getting her at all. You know, she was just not getting her at all. But I do find in um, the experience that I've had with uh, female couples that one does generally take on more of the male Uh, the male role Mm -hmm. and then but again they're two people and people have conflicts with each other that's just the name of the game
1: yes and i mean has that been your experience yes it it has and and i think it's it's the same challenges of mutual respect hearing each other Um, not jumping to conclusions, really, you know, listening. And you and I have talked before about how effective listening is the most powerful, powerful tool to really helping a relationship is listening, repeating back what you thought you heard, brainstorming, finding solutions, all those same issues. It doesn't matter if you're in a love relationship or if you're in a business relationship. Those are key issues, and it's even more important in an intimate relationship,
0: right? Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure, because you're much more vulnerable there. And let's not forget a friend relationship, because in friends, you can also get yourselves very hurt if you're not really listening. So it's across the board.
1: Yes, exactly. Now, you know, you talked a little bit before about how, you know, issues from the past kind of come Mm -hmm. up. And mm-hmm. and a lot of those, you're really dealing with something from the past, not the present. So, so how can you recognize that someone is reacting to something from a past issue rather than the present issue?
0: Thank you for bringing that up, because that's uh, one of my little specialties within relationships. Um, we don't realize, as the person who's having the experience, very often we don't realize that it's really something from the past that's coming up, and it's more likely to come up with the p- partner that you have because, again, that's where you're most vulnerable. But I have three red flags. When the reaction that you have is, occurs in a nanosecond, like just really fast, it's very intense, much more intense than it should be for the situation. And to me, the most important one is when the person who supposedly hurt you owns it and apologizes and says, I'm really sorry, or tries to explain it, and you can't let it go. Mm. That's the real key, that it's because it's not something that's going on now. It's hooked into something from the past, and that's why you can't let it go. And then, you know, it's a lot of very heavy-duty work, although it's workable if the partners are willing to work on it. And, And that, you know, in the second book that you mentioned of mine, Uh, mindfulness and the art of choice i did a second edition um the main reason being i wanted to include a chapter on how these issues from the past can be worked on in relationships
1: and so just for my audience to understand sometimes it's something that happened in the past in this relationship but lots of times it's from something maybe from your childhood right
0: Oh, Oh! absolutely. That, I'm sorry. That's exactly what I meant, that it is something from your childhood. So, for instance, if you had a parent that abandoned you, then you may be extremely sensitive when your mate has to go on a business trip. and It has nothing at all to do with the fact that your partner doesn't love you or care about you. They have to go on a business trip, but every time they go, you have a hissy fit or, you know, a meltdown.
1: Exactly. And it's because
0: you're re-experiencing the feelings that you had as a child.
1: Right. And a lot of people, you know, do you suggest like long-term therapy or what do you suggest? Because some people go, oh my gosh, not, I don't want to go into long-term therapy to figure this out. Or, you know, I, I just don't have the money to do this or, you know,
0: can I do anything quickly about this? Well, they can certainly get my book,
1: (laughs) 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 But, but
0: really, but really, you know, a lot of times, um, I, I want to say that many times my my book is really sort of adjunctive. It's, you know, a helper. Um, if there's a lot of stuff from somebody's past, and, and that's not to judge anybody, because whatever happened in your past isn't your fault. But um, a lot of times it's helpful to go to some kind of a therapy that has somatic experiencing. In other words, where the work is done more with body kind of stuff. Now, that's not woo-woo. You've got therapies that are like EMDR um, or more things that it's not just talk therapy. Let me put it that way. Because with talk therapy, you're gaining insights, which is wonderful, but you're still going to re-experience it. So there's a whole bunch of new therapies that deal more with releasing the energy that's tied up from the trauma.
1: Yes, You know, we have about two more minutes, Karen. Every time we talk, it goes so quickly, but I just wondered if you could provide some preventative tools that people can listen to you and get some ideas, and then they can come to your website too.
0: Well, I think the most important thing to do is, number one, to try to be aware of when you're feeling stressed, which is the the best way to do that is to feel if your body feels tight and to not ignore those signals. Because when you're feeling tight, you're more likely to react badly to your mate. And don't be afraid to speak up. But when you speak up, do it in terms of what your own experience is as opposed to blaming. Yes. And your own perceptions of situations.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And just always ask ourselves, what part of this is me? What what am yes. I doing and what am I feeling? And all those good things. Dr. Karen Sherman, you are just wonderful. And we will just, I want you to just give your website again so people can find you. And then we'll have you back again.
0: Ah, uh, thank you. It's Dr. Karen Sherman, D-R-K-A-R-E-N-S-H-E-R-M-A-N. And from that site, they can get the other materials we spoke about.
1: Terrific. Okay, have a great day, and you're wonderful. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see our upcoming guests, download podcasts, listen to archived interviews, and write us emails about what you're concerned about with conflict or peacemaking in your own life. Thanks.
0: It's about trust. Yeah, yeah. It's about faith. It's about trust. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.